I do, but there are definitely, again, I've had them again, and it's obviously messed them with in like mental health classes. So I don't, I do believe they exist, and they're not all just because of therapy. Right. But I, it gets, it, it, it does bother me when, every, when I see all these young parents are like, oh, they're on the spectrum. I'm like, everybody's on the spectrum, according to you. Like, you know. Bad behavior does not mean you're on the spectrum. Exactly. So I, I'm, you can paint me a rainbow of all the spectrum, <laughs> like if you knew the way I did, the, the way I was as a kid. But I can, I can never use it as an excuse. But I guarantee you, I got some, I got issues. Two a.m. Try again with the same numbers. If I, I at, when, even in my office, I have four numbers I'm supposed to know, and I have all four of my patients' names. Half the time, I'm like, oh, "Patient room ninety six and they're like, "She's like ninety six and nine." I'm like, "Yeah, no, okay, seven Well, that might be a two. That might be adjustment to two a.m. working too for you. Actually, the new DSM is trying to get everybody off the spectrum for money purposes. Good, they, they need to. Well, they're they're knocking a lot of kids that are truly on the spectrum off. Well, that's the problem. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's kind of like the opioid crisis. Like, hey, a lot of people are dying. I'm like, hey, a lot of people who are dying need that stuff, and they're gonna die anyway. So you're just dying. But anyway, so that that brings us that brings us back to what we started last week, and we're continuing this week. And I don't know. We may, depending on how our class goes, we may go into next week. Well, it's really, I don't, there's no other power. There was a video I was going to show. And I know I've shown videos that have had cuss words in it, but this was had a lot. <laughs> I mean, this was like all of it was, it was uh, uh, Goodwill hunting. How many of you seen Goodwill hunting? God, I really want to show that scene. I really want to show that scene. But, oh, what? I wish I had the scene where it was bleeped out on YouTube. But, I mean, it's, it's, well, Matt Damon, you know, is, you know, he's seen that one, you know, with Robin Williams as his therapist. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's the scene where, you know, he's, Robin Williams is going through the the files and his history and said, "Man, you were abused." He goes, "Ah, yeah, ah, don't make it." Ah. He says, "No, it's it stinks. It's, I'm, I, I got through with it." You know, he goes, "It's not your fault. I know it's not my fault. It's not your fault. I, I know." Yeah, do you remember that scene? And then finally, after like the eighth time, it's not your fault. Finally, he starts crying and and just that's trauma, you know. It's a great, it's a powerful scene. I, I mean, I didn't do it justice there, but the cussing's really bad. I mean, because I didn't do the cussing. I took the cussing out of my little, my performance. You know, cause you, eh, you, like, you know, and such. And it's pretty loud. I think he screams it, too. So, you know, and, Andrea could hear it when she's teaching, maybe. <laughs> it was Andrea. It was Andrea doing that. That was us. But... As we see one of the, and people, you know, always have asked, you know, what is the thing about connecting with your childhood trauma? Is it something you don't want to do? You know, well, no, you do need to connect with your childhood trauma or any trauma. I mean, we could take childhood out of the, the equation and just put trauma. But 
so many people, it's kind of like Matt Damon's character in that movie had cut himself off from his trauma. He thought. You really never cut yourself off from it. Yeah, it's the other extreme. Uh, oh, I saw an actually good quote the other day, and I'm trying to remember where I saw that quote. And, oh, in fact, I think I, I think I know where that quote is. Just a minute, let me look at my phone real quick. I think I did see it on Facebook the other day, and it was it, it was a good quote. Let me pull it up. Close, open. Uh, no, that's not it. That's not it. Granddaughter picture. Granddaughter picture. Ah, this it is. It, this is okay. There are two extremes to avoid being completely absorbed. Uh, there are two. Let me start over. <clears throat> there are two extremes to avoid. Period. Being completely absorbed in your pain, and being distracted by so many things that you stay far away from the wound you want to heal. In other words, there are two extremes. Either you're too absorbed in the pain or you try to avoid it so much that you don't do any healing. Does that make sense? So there's two, two, there's two extremes in that. So interesting. So some feedback. So what do you guys think is the one that people tend to go to most? They get too involved in their pain or they run away? Block it. Yeah. I mean, so when, I, mean I wasn't trying to, it wasn't associated with my question for you, but I mean, a lot of times... You know, I, I've done a lot of homeschool <laughs> recovery, you know, and, 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 and it was traumatic to them. And so, uh, someone in here, give me the layman's definition for trauma. <laughs> huh? the word damaged does a person who's traumatized view themselves as damaged they could i mean and, and the reason why i'm well and i'm not saying that you were wrong trauma is different to different people and it's this amazing thing to where and i think i mentioned this last week like an event could happen to one person and they gladly go through life and it didn't affect them but to the other person it really did and according i told you my story about the evil miss parker and that traumatized me but to somebody else it <laughs> i get in trouble all, you know, like christine and emily i get in trouble all the time i sign the book all the time christina don't be you know christina signed the book and was devastated in school and emily says i sign the book all the time <laughs> i'll sign it for you you know it's just, so it's 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 unique to each person and so and of course, we've got these horrible, terrible, extreme ones that you would think that's gonna that's gonna traumatize everybody that happens to you know molestations and rapes and and things. It, it's not a fun topic, but it's a topic we can't avoid either. Anybody can name a traumatic event that you think happened to somebody in the Bible. Okay, tell me. Let's go. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, oh uh, Joseph Genesis, I assume. Okay, let's go. How is that traumatic? Let's let's name the red flags here. So, <laughs> what else happened? Then the Potiphar's 
Yeah. And goes back and he gets thrown in prison at that point. Mm-hmm. And then he gets forgotten about in prison by those that were supposed to help him get out of prison. Mm-hmm. Right. And then he had to face the trauma of his brothers much later um, and trying to forgive them and move on. What about his father smothering him? People don't realize that could be a traumatic event. People don't realize how much a smothering parent can actually traumatize. And it led to his brothers doing what they did. That's what we call family system. That was the family system we talk about to where, I mean, it's, it, it's and it is majorly traumatic. And, you know, to, and here's the thing, and, and we are looking at trauma in a completely different way than we looked at trauma 40, 50 years ago. Um you know, it used to be that we only considered the only people that were possible of getting trauma were soldiers in war and police officers and firemen. And now we're starting to see the thing of of now it is, you know, PTSD. You know, now we're accepting the fact that PTSD can happen to a child. It can happen to a housewife. It can happen to uh, an accountant. It can happen to fill in the blank it, it it's trauma is to the person you know okay so that was a good man you hit the home run with the first one so any other stories of trauma that you can think about in the bible okay let someone else answer the question miss show off but it, anybody got another person example Ooh. and who was well that's a it's a touchy question who was the perpetrator of his trauma Satan, with God's permission. Oh my! That I did a I did a study through the Book of Job one time, and that is one of the hardest things for a lot of, particularly Pentecostals and Charismatics, to accept. When you think about it, because oh my goodness, if you do right, you're blessed. And the Bible teaches what is the, the first chapter in Job say there you know god himself is saying is there no f- other finer person on the planet than job and according to a lot of people's theology that meant oh he should never have problems and boom oh we get into I just said to Job, because I, I had a lady at my church that when I talk on Job, very mad about that point. Well, when you think about it, I mean, I didn't mean for this to turn into a study on Job, but I mean, it sounds appropriate. Remember that Job comes into the throne room of God. No, Satan comes into the throne room of God and God says, have you, hey, did you check him out? Did you check out that guy I told you about? And Job said, I mean, devil said, well, yeah, I mean, but you've given him everything. Of course he's going to praise you. Take away all his stuff and he'll curse you. And God says, you can do it, but you can't touch him. Personally, you can do whatever you want to his life. And Satan goes out and kills all Job's kids and destroys his business. Huh? <laughs> well, yeah. And then he comes back again and said, and God said, told you. And Job said, yeah, but you didn't let me touch him. Let me touch him. 
I touched everything around him, but let me touch him. And this is a hard scripture to accept as, you know, a Christian. God said, okay, you can't take, you can touch him, but you can't take his life. Which, why don't we find out he did to him? I wish, he probably wish he was to take his life. Boils all over your body and stuff like, anybody have a boil before? Have, imagine them all over your body. I mean, and it was really, really, really bad. And God said, just don't take his life, but you can touch him physically. And Satan threw everything in the kitchen sink at him. And that stinks. I don't mean, and that, I guess that's traumatic. Yeah, you know, that counts as, as, as it's not childhood trauma, but it's trauma. I mean, it's kind of like what you said. I mean, the loss of your children and your, I mean, how do you survive? How did Job? Well, remember Job was saying, kill me now. He did say, go ahead and kill me. And he had all those wonderful religious friends. Well, yeah, yeah. What did you do? You know, what did you now we're looking back at 2020 hindsight. But I can, can you understand people kind of going, what did you do, man? I mean, you just, you know, did you say something under your breath? Did you watch that Matt Damon scene from Goodwill? Yeah, we were talking about it before. Yeah, you know, did you, did, did, what, what, you know? And Joe goes, I don't know. And then, you know, even his own wife says, why don't you go ahead and curse God and die? You know, take, get yourself out of your misery. And then even towards the end, even though, you know, we always thought that Job made it, but there were some doubts and questions that Job did have. Which, it's hard for me to criticize Job. Well, <laughs> like, if I were to go to, and I knew kind of what it happened at that point, I think I would be a little upset with God because, okay, you say I'm precious, I'm, um, I'm worth dying on the cross for, I'm important to you. Why would you use me as something to waste? That that when the lady got really mad at me for that this was a wager between God and Satan. And I was a pawn in that. Why would you put me I mean, when you get down to the philosophical questions based on this book, that is a why am I a pawn? Now I'm not trying to turn into everybody into atheist in here. <laughs> but it's a realistic question. I told the people, I told someone one time we were debating, you know, about that philosophy of, you know, no negative confession, only positive confession. And, you know, do, when you do right, God blesses you. And when you do wrong, that's when he curses you. I said, well, then you got to cut out the book of Job. Because the Bible does say there was no finer person on the planet than Job. And so if Job deserved all this, then we all deserve even worse. But that's not the way God plays. Well, and it, it's, I 100% agree with that, but I also go, it's easy to say that when it's not our stuff that God's messing with. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, Job, you know, you got those encouraging Christians who, remember me telling you the story about the woman whose kid was dying of cancer? And she said, if one or more of my Christian sisters in the Lord come up and tell me that I shouldn't have fear, I'm going to slap her in the face in the middle of church. It's not their kid with cancer. It's my kid with cancer. 
And it, she loved God with all her heart. She was, you know, she, it, but we're dealing with true emotions and feelings here. You know, God has never asked us to cut those off and said, so, you know, she said, yeah, I know theologically right, but I'm the one watching my kid take chemo and crying and suffering and stuff, and I am scared for my kid. And and God can handle that. I mean, God, no, God can handle the anger. He can handle the questions. Yeah. And you know what? That's the thing we're supposed to do. That's the thing God wants. It is okay. And we get, oh, don't question. Well, now, once again, Job did question God. And then this goes to kind of what you said. God said, okay, I'll answer your question when you answer my question. Where were you when I created the universe? <laughs> do you know when the deer the doe was born to the deer in the mountaintops can you hold the world in the palm of your hand when you answer these questions i'll answer yours and i mean it is a very humbling thing doesn't satisfy our questions though i had a client yesterday i was talking to and we were kind of talking not about this but something else and we were talking about getting to heaven i said all the questions when you get to heaven i said you know what sometimes i kind of wonder we have all these questions we got for god why's and what's and all that kind of thing and then when we get to heaven you're in the presence of god you're so odd you forget the questions <laughs> oh, whoa it's god what was i gonna ask now <laughs> it's kind of like when you meet a celebrity i'm gonna say this i'm gonna ask this of this celebrity you meet the celebrity you go blah 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 <laughs> you know it's that's the thing you get to heaven and you're in the presence of god and you go yeah, and we don't know, but I mean, just it's it's one of those things that that's where the faith and trust in God. You were going to say. Well, well, it's, you know, you know, you know. I hear people say the little. You know, there's so many Christian cliches out there. And one of them is every, everything you need to know about the God is in the Bible. I think the Bible is maybe luck at the most 5% of what we know about God. God is un, who can know God. The Bible says that. Who can know God? You know, I don't think our finite brains could handle 100% of I think we'd, our brains would explode. That's... <laughs> I just, what well, are people die? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. They fell down dead. Yeah. 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 They, 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 it was the Nazi, man. It was that Nazi. <laughs> they melted, you know. But I mean, I just got it. And, and I think God's answer to Job in that situation wasn't God just kind of thumbing his nose at Job. It was, dude, you can't handle, and it's Jack Nicholson. You, we got a lot of movie references today. Uh, Jack Nicholson, you can't handle the truth. And it's not a smarky little thing. It, 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 I think it's an issue that, you know, and I'll be honest with my finite understanding of everything. I still think it stinks. <laughs> I'm a person that I want to know stuff. I want to know the answer to it. I'm a, you know, I study stuff. And to accept, and it takes just as much faith to accept the fact that I will not know in this lifetime as just blind, I mean, just goes, I just don't, I want to know God. And God says, I'm not going to tell you right now. But you got this 
What are you about to do there? <laughs> I got in the car, and Dad said, we're going to Irving. I don't know how to get to Irving, but I just trust God to get me to Irving. I mean, Dad's getting me Irving. Faith of a child, yeah. But I still do. Everyone stood up at night, stayed up at night, doing oh, how eternity passed. <laughs> it's like there was eternity before and there's eternity after. So it's like, there's, what is time? Now, if you want to get the philosophical questions about it, because we're we're created in time and God is outside time. He doesn't think about yesterday, to, to, today, and tomorrow. God is just, the way my professor talked about it in Bible college, is that, you know, he's, he's promising Abraham about his, the future, you know, the world will be blessed through you as he's telling Abraham that he is already at the major in Bethlehem, you know, at, at the same time. And now we kind of go, what? But that's God. <laughs> you know, he, he, when he's talking to Abraham, he's already at the cross. The day you're born, God is with you, but he's also at the day of your death at the same time. That he's not construct, he's not confined by time element. Now that's really getting metaphysical, what we're really talking about there. So that's not the purpose of this. <laughs> that's not what we're talking about here. But what we're talking about here is the the effects of trauma. And we got into Job. We got we talked about Joseph before some of you got in here about you know Joseph and Genesis, the trauma of that, of you know, doing that. Uh, anybody else think of? And all I asked was what, name trauma from the Bible. So, anybody else? Every Christian that Paul kills. <laughs> yeah. Well, the 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 the, the disciples. Um, David, when he had, I did a message on abuse. You know, I did a sermon on abuse uh, in church one time, and it was based on David and Saul's relationship. David was a victim of abuse, when you think about it, which is someone throws a spear and pins you up against the wall. You're abused, you know, and using their authority to abuse you too. That's that's traumatic. So that's true. Were you about to say something? No, oh, I'm sorry. What? Judas? Judas. You think he had any trauma? <laughs> he probably had back trauma. Yeah, that's what I like about counseling. Man, you do a you do a psycho uh, psychosocial intake on all of them. Judas knew he was going to be betrayed. Judas went out and hung himself, right? So God already knew all that. Do you think he, uh, before he hung himself that he was sorry he was in heaven or he was like, I don't know. Bible only God knows. Only if he's in heaven. I just don't. You know, but you know that's that's getting more into other metaphysical stuff there. So, but um, trauma affects us how we view it, how we come out of it, how you know, and you know the question we talked about the two extremes. You have the extreme of you're so involved in your trauma that it affects every decision that you make, to where the person becomes. Uh, you know, isolated in their home. They, they, you know, one person hurt them, so they don't trust anybody. Uh, but there's the other extreme of ignoring it, you know, of, of 
pushing it away and you know just get over it just get over it just get you know in fact the client yesterday i was telling you about said he's talking about an incident that happened this week and someone in his life told him you just need to get over this and he goes but it hurt <laughs> you know i mean it just if you know like i said if i come over and slap chris across the face he's gonna remember it for a while you know he'll forgive me but he'll remember how do you forget? There's no, when we get marriage counselors coming in, and you know, usually every now they get one that says, I want to learn how to forgive and forget. And I tell them, then you need to find another counselor because there's no forgetting. <laughs> you know, you just, there's no such thing as forgetting. Well, you can forgive and you cannot hold it against them anymore. But. I mean, if like I said, if I slap Chris across the face, he'll forget. I believe Chris has the ability to forgive me. But he just, I remember, I remember January seventh, two thousand twenty-one was the Sunday that Clayton slapped me across. Forgiving him, but I remember it. You know, so I mean, we don't have a little button. If I had the button, I'd be making a lot of money. Were you raising your hand? Yeah, and that's what we're doing. But then, you know, trauma, it is. And remember what I told you, when you put in an emotional, a strong emotional feeling with an event, that's why you remember it so much. I'm sure there are people who had teachers throw them up against the wall when they were little, that it just was not an emotional thing, and they just move on. Oh, yeah, I, remember, I forgot about it. I remember that. And that was traumatic for me. I was a good kid. You know? <laughs> It was them old ones, man. Well, Miss Parker shook me and she spit in my face and I'll second. I was second. Are you kidding me? All right, what was your teacher's name? Mrs. Wells, Mrs. Parker, and whoever is in a condominium down in hell with each other. <laughs> I mean, just, no, I mean, just, really? Did you tell your parents? Teachers could do just about, I mean, I mean, I was thrown against a wall. You know, teachers get trouble for just putting their hand on a kid's shoulder now. I was... You were a good teacher. You were a good student. No, I, say I, <laughs> I mean, I was thrown. I was taken and thrown against the wall. You know, boom, I hit it. You know, and, you know, she's retired like two years later or something. You know, good. You know, but I mean, well, that's sad. Did that traumatize you? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, that's an interest. That's how sometimes people. That's how some people treat trauma. They tell the right person, well, what were you wearing? You know, what, what were you doing there? Why didn't you fight harder? Which sometimes the post-trauma dealings we deal with people are just as traumatic as the trauma event. You know, uh, because... Once again, I had a client one time who told me about her 
being raped. And her parents' response was, what were you wearing? And she went, doesn't matter. And she says, plus I was in jeans and a shirt. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't, you know, you know, and, you know, of course, of course, and people don't understand about that. It has nothing to do with sex. It's power and it's dominance and it's abuse. It's not a turn on thing. And the trauma, how we address, and I think this is what's important about the church is that we are a place to where we are here for healing, not for accusations. You know, the, the great line, it's time for you to get over it is not a healing statement. It's time for you to get over it. You know, and I, I get bothered because now we, now the big word now being used is the word snowflake, you know, and I'm like, and I just, I just love it because, you know, you see all the memes coming on Facebook where it says this generation just offended too easily. And I, I can't remember if I told you guys about the great meme that I saw that was response to it showed an old person, you know, looking like this said, all you older generation people keep talking about how we're easily offended today and we're snowflakes, but yet your generation would throw temper tantrums when a black person drank from your water fountain. <laughs> and so, <laughs> yeah, so we all have our senses of, our offenses are okay though. Our traumas, you know, so we get this thought, so we have to be very careful how we approach this trauma as, I mean, you were making an interesting statement earlier about, boy, you got, like I was, you're in trouble. Your eyes got really big. <laughs> um, about parents you know, role, you know, when, you know, you know, the, you know, the parents role in it. And I think the parents can have a tremendous role in the trauma of healing as opposed to adding to it to where, um, you know, is, it's time to get over it. I mean, cause have you ever seen the kid at a public place? Kind of like what you're talking. Uh, we were at Emily's junior high graduation and there was a grandma. This was a grandma. This was at the mom. This was the grandma with the little boy and she was spanking him, like telling him to quit crying as she's spanking him. You know, I'm like, that doesn't work. You know, <laughs> you know, just quit crying, quit crying, quit crying, quit crying. And she's, I'm like, and I mean, it's in the middle of the junior high ceremony of graduation. And she quit crying, quit crying, quit crying. And it's kind of like, take him outside if you have to. <coughs> Excuse me. But, um, but this, the, the role of family, the role of church, the role of just friendship of during a time of trauma for somebody is very important. And, you know, Christ is always aware of the trauma. We, we go back to the woman at the well where she was a victim of trauma, I think, and Jesus knew exactly what to say. Oh, you mean you don't, when the little kid loses his mom, you don't have to go up to him and say, Jesus needed your mom in heaven more than you did? Oh, okay. I'm sorry for what has happened. I'm here for you, whatever that means. I don't want to be... I don't want to be hard on people because a lot of times we, we it, it really comes from good intentions because you want, I want to help my person, my friend. I want to help this person. I don't want to say anything stupid. I want to say something encouraging to help them 
So it's not done at evil you know, intentions, but we feel like we have to say something, and there's nothing to say. You know, the loss of a loved one, you kind of go, oh, I'm sorry. If, if you need anything, let me know. You know, I mean, that, that, you know, because I, I, I have actually heard that one about telling the kid, I'm, oh, I know your mommy died, but Jesus needed him more in heaven, her in, more in heaven than you did. And then the kid grows up hating Jesus. You know, I, I just, <laughs> huh? <laughs> oh, you know, you know, needed, needed the heavenly voice in her, the heavenly, no, Jesus don't need that. I need my mom. There's, there's no, there's no magic word, so we don't need to try to make up one. Just, hey, I'm here for you. If you need to talk, I'll let you do the talking. I'm, because we feel like we got. I said, just stop with the talking. <laughs> And then when someone comes across and does the typical, which this sounds so bad to me because it's scripture, but all good things work together. And like, I don't feel it right now. <laughs> you know, I just, and that's okay. You know, we, we, we quit. We need to quit making God out to be a snowflake. Be careful what you say. You know, God hears that. God can, yeah, you know, you said you were angry. God knows it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you did not bring down the pillars of heaven. Oh my goodness, Gwen is angry. Everyone, stop heaven. I don't know what to do. That was not God. He's he's he, he can handle our anger. He can handle our questions. He can handle our doubt. He can handle our. I, I know you're in charge, but I'm not agreeing with this. Then that's a good point because a lot of people tend to make the anger as a sin, and it's not. I mean, God's hacked me off. You know, He has. He's God. I don't understand. And how can we understand? If we can't understand God, how are we going to understand His ways? And His ways are not our ways. And we like, and I still go, yeah, but that's a kid. You know, you know, when, you know, the loss of a kid's life, you know, I mean, okay, God, I can understand an adult, but a kid, you know, you know, and I, I, that question's never been answered for me. It never has been answered for me. Could be, we don't, and I, I, it's where you, where you turn to him and, you know, it's part of working out your salvation with fear and trembling too. To where you go, God, you're going to have to help me with this. And God, a lot of times, doesn't give us a firm answer. You know, and he's he's kind of like what he's saying to Job. says, okay, I'll answer your question if you answer mine. And it, and it was part of, you. I'm God, you're not. You know, I can hold the world in my palm of my hand. I, I, you know how big the universe is? I'm here on earth, but I'm also at the very edge of it at the same time. All right, you're not going to understand my ways. Mm -hmm. 
and and this is why this is important because how we handle the trauma does say a lot about depression it says a lot about how we conduct our life it also says about a lot about our relationship with people like i said earlier you know a person that was hurt by someone ends up not trusting anybody and every relationship they have after that trauma is affected by that traumatic event it's not it, you cannot live in trauma in a vacuum you know the person who mistrusts every human being that comes across your life because one person did something to them and so i'm not going to trust anybody that affects relationships you know how many spouses have there been says don't hold me accountable for what so-and-so did to you 20 years ago i wasn't even around but i'm the one punishing being punished for someone else's actions and it sometimes we affect affects our children you know uh, and, and, and once again this is this is not evil intent on anybody's part it's the devil it's how he plays with people. It was his intent with Job to get into Job's mind like this. Hey, why don't you curse God and die? He was wanting him to curse God, you know. And it's this thing. I mean, this is this is where we are all victims, and how we handle it is also very important because, like I said, we we affect our children. We affect our. This is not done in a vacuum. Oh, so and so did this to me many years ago, and I'm just going to keep it between me and that person. It does not work well, like that. I don't see any marriage couples anywhere, and that the other part, the other, the spouse's upbringing and family is completely not affecting them. No, there's no way his family isn't going to affect me. There's no way my family isn't going to affect me. And I mean, and I usually tell my couples coming in, said, "See, you've got one set of family bringing up." Again, there's a set of family bringing up, and it's coming together. You guys got to discover how your family's going to be. You could take the best of both and try to get rid of the worst of both, or you could take the worst of both. You know, it's it's just her family went out to eat all the time. This is a very simplistic, comedic explanation. Her family went out all the time to eat. We went out. If we went out to eat. It was like a special occasion, <laughs> you know. Can we go out? No. Can we go to McDonald's? No. <laughs> We're eating at home. Twice a month is all they ever went. And that was a good month. And then when we get married, she's wanting to eat out all the time, and I'm wanting to eat at home at all the time. <laughs> I, knew she, I knew she was going to say that. I knew she was going to say that. I knew she was going to say that. Oh uh, yeah, he was. At, I, I threw her a softball. I threw her a softball, you know. And so we look at this, and we we. So this is important. So when I talk about connecting, you do connect it. That's people go. Well, why do you, I go to counseling, and you try to get me to bring up these bad memories? Yes, because how does it affect? Because typically, dysfunctional behavior or whatever you're coming to counseling for is the result of something that's happened to you in your past and it's your it's the way you're reacting to it. it's the way you're compensating for it. it's the way you're doing this so that's why we find the answer in the past for an answer for a new answer for the present and the future and trauma is it, it it's satan comes after us with any tool that he can with any weapon that he can and it's a horrible thing and the the moment you're born there's a bullseye on you from Satan. And that's why with children, you know, you got the abuse of children and things like that. And, and he's in the, Satan is in the cycles. You know, 
the the adult that abuses the child was probably abused as a child. And once again, the enemy is Satan. Now, it doesn't excuse behavior. People think counselors are, you know, well, okay, that's their childhood. So they, they no, we're, we're accountable for the decisions we do make. But there's usually a reason behind the decisions we make. And that's why we want people to deal with it. If you deal with it, you're less likely to continue the cycle. You, you break a cycle. You break these kind of things. And despite the fact of what, you know, <laughs> going back to the story of Job, of God saying, yeah, you can touch him. God still loved Job. It must have been really hard as a heavenly father to give that permission, though. Kind of like you're taking your kid to get the shot. You know, <laughs> don't like it, but it's got to happen. Now, I, getting a shot? You gun people. <laughs> Y'all think everything about guns. Yeah. <laughs> and we shoot our kids. Yeah. You, dog bite. <laughs> Not bang bang. <laughs> I've had some doctors like that. <laughs> she goes, don't I need a shot? Dog bite. No shoot. No shoot. No, no gun. No dog bite. I, but do I need a shot? No shot. Dog bite. Roof, roof. <laughs> That's like your funniest line. For, but anyway, uh, now you made me forget. But I mean, I mean, a heavenly father, it, I, 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 God hates the casket as much as we do. He hates the thought of death and funerals as much as we do. Why does he allow it? That is a question that theologians have been asking for generations, and we've never been able to even come up with a satisfactory answer. But I do worry about it, man. <laughs> I know. You're right, but I do. And 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 it's it's you know and I'm not I know you're not saying this. I'm it's kind of leading me to this other, you know, the people that say get over it it's not that easy and what's so funny is I had this minister friend one time who told me that he, his basic pastoral counseling was telling people to get over it what a joy <laughs> and and you know about the, we were talking about a particular woman who had tremendous amounts of traumatic events in her life and he said it's time for you to leave those in the past and get over it and move on with your life and he goes, just get over it. It's easy. Just get over it. And I go, but I also know that you kind of have this problem with certain denominational leaders in our denomination who did something, what you said did something to you a couple years ago, and you still haven't gotten over it. Our offenses are always more important than other offenses from other people. You know, and I just, you know, so nuts. Why haven't you gotten over it? You know, well, but he, that guy really, you know, oh, you know, it's. It's, you know, a f we, we can turn these traumas into a devastating part of our life. And we're, we're, and one thing, we, we can't judge those traumas. You know, a person says, I was thrown up against a wall in second grade by a teacher and for someone else to go, wimp, doesn't help. Oh, come on, Gwen. So, got you, come on. It was in third grade. Get over it. It's very disrespectful. 
Because it's real to you, isn't it? It still brings up some emotions in you probably, doesn't it? Not maybe as much as when you were in third grade, but you kind of go, oh, that was a... It wasn't. Well, what if you caught someone doing that to that lovely granddaughter of yours when she get? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I, yeah, well, now there's something where traumatic events also kind of help form you. You know, even, you know, most moms are the same way, but even more dogged about it. You know, when you say that happened to me. I'm not going to allow it to happen. See, they're so offended, they're leaving. I mean, this is a, <laughs> I know. But, I mean, it, it, you know, it more. I'm good, definitely going to make sure it doesn't happen to my kids. Because, you know, when you kind of get the, And that's, you know, kind of, I don't want to say positive thing that comes from trauma, but it's something that we can take from it to where we learn to go, man, that was really horrible. I need to work with people who have faced... I know what it feels like to be fill in the blank. I want to minister to people who've gone through the same thing. I want to prevent it from happening. So there's things that can come out of it. You know, someone who was abused growing up to become a counselor, working with abused people, you know, can be a positive thing that can come out of that. If I can say positive thing that comes out of a traumatic event. But I mean, you know, sometimes that inspires things, you know, to, um, you know, there's a lot, well, soldiers who were wounded in battle turn out to become counselors for other soldiers who were wounded in battle. And so, you know, that's one of those things that, boy, I hate saying it like this because it sounds trite to say it about trauma, but sometimes that's how God does take a horrible thing and it does come out for good. And, and, you know, that, you know. Oh, so free. So now everyone's seeing why we go through the attachment and all the other things and the defense mechanisms, and now we come to the connection. Well, yeah, well, and but first we've got to deal with it ourselves because the last thing that a person who was abused as a child needs to do is start helping abuse other people who abuse when they haven't helped themselves yet first. The wounded needs to have healing before they can help other wounded, you know, because then that's all, you know, and that's kind of like with drug addicts, you know, you know, someone who two months sober says, I'm going to go and help other drugs. No, you're not, you're not ready to go around them, you know, because they got, that's too much of a strong temptation. Doesn't mean that down the road you can't. There's a lot of successful drug and alcohol counselors who came out of that, but they went through proper healing and training and everything, not just boom right two months i'm two months over i'm going out there and i'm doing it you know now god can he do it yeah but that's typically not how god does it god there's always routine and methods the way god does things there's a lot of things to, for us to learn before we go out and do and so we'll continue this next week any questions comments i'm sorry about your dress See, well okay but okay that's a great example this is not trite. It was one of your favorite dresses. To a third grader, that's your world. That's that is legitimate trauma. My favorite dress got torn. For a third third grader, it was. See, I'm trying to bring all these bad things back to Gwen's. Yeah, thanks a lot, Clay. I had forgotten. No, but I mean that's. But we take and see. It was sad to me that your parents then spanked you. 
Oh, I thought you said they spanked you. Teacher spanked you. And you said you told your parents, but... Oh, no, no. <laughs> Okay, so it was the teacher that spanked you. Wow. Okay, see, now I know we were shutting down, but see, that's to me the other. See, we got a lot of traumatic signs here. Being spanked without knowing why am I being spanked? A moment you thought you would get compassion, a moment you thought you were getting going to get compassion. Because you, when you think about, well, if a kid walked in here right now, I just got bit by a dog. We've got two moms in here, and hopefully we guys would be compassionate too. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, well, even if it's not your child or grandchild, exactly. What did you get? Spanked. And the non-understanding, I don't understand why I'm getting spanked right now, is just as traumatic a thing for a third grader. You know, there are kids who dad walks through the door at 9 o'clock at night and just comes in the room and starts beating them. The beating is a trauma, but so is, I don't know what I did. That's just as traumatic. You know, it's one thing if the kid knew I broke a window. And maybe my dad still shouldn't beat me, but I know why he's doing it, because I, I broke a window. But the kid who just, and I've had a lot of clients that said, Dad, sometimes just the way he came home, he just going to hit you. I didn't do anything. That's trauma. And it sucks. We're going to continue this next week because Christ agrees with us. He does. It was never his intention. We're in a sin-soaked world. Oh, it never quits. Well, we're just. Uh, I, well, no. I mean, it, it's it's it's. I mean, but and that's unfortunately the life we you know it's it's a sin-soaked world, and this is the result of a sin-soaked world. Unfair things happen, and it's not right, and it's not you're not a snowflake because they go man this hurt. They're not a snowflake because of that. You're not a snowflake for saying I'm scared. I'm, I'm a I'm a snow I'm a snowflake because I'm confused and I don't know. And this is affecting me. You're not a snowflake. You're a human being. And I, the people who argue that against that the most are people who, if I dig deep enough, I usually end up finding something that they're offended, they're hurt, they're traumatized about. So, anyway. Good good way to end it. That's a good way to end it. We'll continue this next week. All right? All right.